Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Sports fans, how's everybody out there doing? William Martin coming at you one more time here on blogtalkradio.com with another edition of the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge Show. As always, I want to take this time out to thank all of you fine folks out there for tuning in this evening. And as always, our guest call-in number is going to be 626 231 Zero nine. I repeat, six two six two three one zero three zero nine. And on this wonderful evening of December eleventh, two thousand seventeen, I can gladly once again tell the world that Miss Runner's baby boy is back on the air. Now, this twenty seventeen twenty eighteen NBA season so far has been full of excitement. You look at the Boston Celtics, even without the presence of Gordon Hayward at small forward, they have a record of 23-5, and and they are looking like one of the top teams in the league. And in actuality, the Celtics do have the best record in the NBA. You look at the Western Conference, and you look at the story of the Houston Rockets, and they are currently on a nine-game winning streak, and they have the best record in in the West, and not only the West of the League, I spoke uh, prematurely as it's the Rockets who have the better record uh, than the Boston Celtics right now percentage-wise. You look at the Golden State Warriors who are looking to repeat. You look at the San Antonio Spurs who are holding it down to the record of 19-8 and in spite of not having Kawhi Leonard. And you also look at the reemergence of the Minnesota Timberwolves after they were able to acquire Jimmy Butler. But one story I'm going to harp on right now, and that's the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers right now, they're 10-15, and 15 with, uh, which is good for the 10th spot in the Western Conference. They're two games behind the Utah Jazz for the final spot in the West, and they have themselves a rookie point guard in Lonzo Ball, who, you know, he's putting together a solid or decent, rather, uh, rookie campaign. You look at Ball right now. He's averaging 8.6 points, 7.1 assists, and 6.8 rebounds. Second overall pick coming out of UCLA. But it's more about the baggage that, you know, Lonzo Ball brings to the table. And I'm going to bring my man Cal in to talk about this tonight. As it's not about Lonzo Ball. It's it's, it's about the family around him. And when I say family around him, I want to say LeVar Ball. And the question is, is LeVar Ball good or bad for not only his son, but the game of basketball? And just before I get your response to that, Cal, I look at the pros and cons okay. of, LeVar, of, of, of uh, LeVar Ball. Pro is that, you know, he's, he, he's a self-promoter. The con is that he's a self-promoter at the same time. You look at a pro 
and you know he's he's challenged the big sneaker companies. You also look at you know another pro, and in my opinion, he's he's really showing how stupid the people are. We'll elaborate on that tonight. But then I look at some of the other cons. He's putting unnecessary pressure on his son Lonzo. He's attempting to you know under you know mind or like play down what happened with uh, the middle son, Leangelo, in China a few weeks ago. We talked about Lonzo's season briefly, and then he's also attempting to undermine Los Angeles Lakers head coach Luke Walton. Now, I'll start off with this with my question to you. How long can the Lakers deal with the excess baggage around Lonzo Ball with his father? Okay, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on the show. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, what I will tell you is this. Uh, first of all, me being a lifelong Laker fan, I've uh, went through many decades of different type of things that was going on in the uh, Los Angeles Lakers organization. Uh-huh. Um, I started with Magic back in 1980, and I've been straight through. Now, looking to where we're at, you know, we're on pretty much the losing end. We've been losers for a while, even before uh, Kobe retired, and so mm-hmm. now it's become a bit of a, you know, it's a lot of propaganda surrounding the Lakers, a lot of extra stuff that I think is not helping the ball club or the players. You know, now, as far as, you know, Lonzo Ball, his, you know, maturation process of being a point guard and doing what he's doing, me personally, I feel he needs to step up on the offensive end because, you know, other than that, you know, he's been solid in a lot of things he's doing. He's playing half decent defense, but as a rookie, you know, you give everybody a pass. You understand what I'm saying? Right. You give them a pass. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's a learning process. You got to learn as you go. Now, right. Lavar Ball, you know, let's let's bring it back. He is the CEO of Big Baller Brand. And um, Big Baller Brand was introduced once uh, Lonzo, you know, became the second pick in the draft. You know, and I don't, I'm not angry with him for, you know, his self-promotion of his kids because I'm going to be honest with you, and we're going to take a look at this in depth. It's not Mm -hmm. many people that can plan to have professional basketball players and that that's their kids. You, You know, you have kids and you make them professional basketball players. Not a lot of people that do that or that's right. capable of doing that. You know, we're talking about from, you know, the analyst, the analytic perspective to the physical perspective, you know, and what it takes to get into the league, you know, everybody doesn't have that. You know, I'm right. not mad at him for his big baller brand. I'm not mad at him for, you know, what he what he, what he he's trying to do. My point is this. I think he needs to let Lonzo play. And just let them figure out what happens. What do you think? I mean, the thing is, you know, I give him I give him credit for the big baller brand along with you because I, you know, I'm never going to knock the next man, you know, who's out there, you know, and who's doing not even attempting, who is doing, you know, a business venture and bringing it up from the bottom. I mean, you know, you and I we had our, you know, private talks as far as like what we're doing, you know, behind the scenes uh, with business ventures of our own. So you know, I'm never going to knock. You know anybody Absolutely. for for, uh, for doing that? It's for my for me 
and this even goes back to last year at UCLA with Lonzo. It's how he came across with the message. LeVar basically said, listen, we're only playing for the Lakers. And, I, you know, I think it was a slap in the face to, you know, the entire NBA earlier this season when the Boston Absolutely. Celtics who initially did have the first overall pick in the draft, and they wanted to bring Lonzo in for a workout. And then you had – you, you had LeVar who basically stepped in and said, listen, you know, we're not working out for you. You know, we're only interested in, uh, you know, the Lakers. And, you know, you saw it when, you know, his son, I can't remember if it was D'Angelo or LaMelo, they weren't the focal point of the offense on the, on the uh, high school team. And LeVar basically undermined the head coach, got him fired. Even Absolutely. went as far before, before the head coach got fired. You know, he went into the locker room at the half and he – overstuffed the coach and he started speaking to the team. So basically he's right there, you know, undermining, you know, the head coach's authority. And, you know, with that said, Absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to bring in a good friend of yours to this conversation. I'm going to bring in my man, Mike, you know, cause I'm Mike, you know, I mean, I'm Kyle, right. I know you and Mike, you know, have a lot to talk about on this topic. And, Indeed. you know, Mike, you know, uh, you know, Mike, as well as you, you know, Mike has talked about this uh, with me several times and, you know, we've been back and forth you know, with the good and bad of, you know, LeVar right. Ball and what he's attempting to do. So, you know, Mike, you know, very briefly, I, I, I'm sure you just heard some of this, and we're just talking about, you know, some of the things that LeVar Ball has done. How do you feel about it? Well, first off, before I get in that, it's always a pleasure to be here on 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge. What's up to my peoples? All right, thanks, um, good, bro? What's going on? I, I've been listening, and I think that we all have to – I don't think – we as black men want to just tell the truth about LeVar Ball because okay. he gets a lot of criticism and some of it is, is, is deserved and a, a lot of it is not. However, in, in my opinion, LeVar Ball has to know when to be quiet because he, he did his job. You talked your kid right. into the NBA. You promoted him. You did everything you said you would do, and you're trying to build a brand. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. At the end of the day, I, I will remind everybody of the story of the Golden Goose, to which you tried and tried to, to get something that was working for you, and it wasn't moving fast enough, and you ended up killing the Golden Goose because you tried to keep keep pushing it harder and harder until you destroyed it. And LeVar right. is on the, on the, in my opinion, LeVar is on the verge of doing that. Because, again, we all love our basketball, and we all know our sports, at the end of the day, Lonzo Ball has potential, but at the end of the he day, does. he is a 19-year-old rookie. He's got a steep learning curve to go through at the deepest position in the NBA. Him Agreed. putting a target on his back is not going to help Lonzo, his kid, or the brand. And nobody right. just wants to tell LaVar, be quiet, because at the end of the day, what's going to end up happening, God forbid, is I've told everybody in my own personal stories of having a, a, a overzealous father who was always talking of his kid. Fathers like that end up not only criticizing, you know, not only make things harder for, for the, the, the guy's opponents, you can scratch that. What it does to your team, your own team, right. Is, right. is ridiculous, and you're seeing it. The coach, you're, you're criticizing the coach. You've already come out and criticized Julius Randle. <laughs> and Julius right. Randle, as I understand, is, is Lonzo's man. So it, it's just not looking good, and you're going to make yourself un, untradeable. Nobody's going to be bothered with you. I agree. I'll throw that, out you know, I'll throw that back to y'all. 
I want to I want I want I want to touch on this because Mike I I I've, I've watched you from the time you were a kid. Mm-hmm. And you were a football player first. Yeah. All right? And that I know for a fact. And your dad and my dad were good friends. Uh-huh. And they knew each other through various sports and things and being in the neighborhood. And when I saw you sprout and I saw you grow and get so big, you know, your father, and I talked to your father a lot. I mean, he mm-hmm. was one of the guys that, you know, always encouraged me and had me, you know, doing things in a certain way and basically having respect for the game of basketball, you know. So I, I saw what he was trying to do with you, but to me it was really about what you wanted to do. Am exactly. I correct? Absolutely. Okay. So we're hitting it on the head. Now, going back mm-hmm. to LeVar Ball, the problem with him is this. He's helping himself, but he's limiting himself, too. By when you ostracize others, when you ostracize and you put other people on the outside of what you're doing, that means you're not going to get the help, you're not going to get the, the sponsorships you need in mm-hmm. order to get your brand. You know, I wish, you know, the things my father did for me was, you know, I wanted to learn how to play baseball. He went and got a team for me. You understand? Mm-hmm. And he didn't care. He, he he went and got a team for other people in the neighborhood to play, not just me. It wasn't just me. It was beyond that because he loved the game of baseball. He loved the game of basketball. And he wanted us to figure out, you know, get a chance to play and then figure out what we wanted to do from it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I'll never forget that. My father is now deceased. However the case may be, what he taught me, I passed it on. And so, Mike, by the time you started playing ball, I encouraged you, and I played with you. Mm-hmm. And it was several things that you did while we were playing that told me that you were being taught by other people, the right people, and how to carry yourself. And, you know, you basically, you made me proud. And, and I'm oh, very thankful to be sitting here with you. You understand? Not just only as a basketball player, but as a young man. Well-rounded, you know, and, and understood what family was about. But also, you being your own individual what you wanted to do. And see, we don't know what Lonzo Ball wants to do to correlate it. Absolutely. We know he's an NBA player. He's in the league. But, you know, he's not even having a chance to speak for himself because his father is, is, is putting so much pressure on him. And then at the same time, he's banned from the Lakers being a person that can speak at certain parts of, you know, the Staples Center and this and that and the third. A bunch of nonsense. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to help his game, to me personally. But I'm going to take it back a little bit further because when you're growing up and you're playing with competition, you know, I don't know how California get down, but, Mike, you know how we got down. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to tell you, we played with some players that could have played pro. I had somebody tell me this yesterday. Cal, you should have went to the NBA. Cal, you should have did this. But people don't understand when you don't have certain things that are available now, in this mm-hmm. new age of social media and different things to promote people, you know, we didn't have that like that back then. You know, we had the newspapers. I got a lot of press. I got a lot of things. And I was able, as a basketball player, to move forward and, and get looks from legitimate Division One schools and get scholarships and this, that, and the third. That was all cool. But in, in Lonzo Ball's, in, in his, we talk about Lonzo Ball, he was spoon-fed and put in the right position. So, Michael Ansley, I'm going to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Do you think with the proper backing 
and the proper, uh, you know, things that you need to be a basketball player, do you think if you would have had what Lonzo Ball has now or had growing up, do you think you could have been a professional player? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. At the end of the day, because you – You've touched on it, and first off, everything you said, I, I really appreciate it. It means a lot coming from you. And yo, uh, yo, bro, it, it, it's, it's, it's all you already know. I can't even say no more. Yeah, and, and that, that's true. It, it means a lot, but to it's like you said, it's what you want to do because and and everything that you know, you look at people who are in a position to do what they are able to do. I do always wonder, and I always ask myself, and like we've said, we've never really heard from any of the other uh, members of the family because LaVar is the one always talking for everybody. It's like you said, are they doing something that they really want to do? Because there is a difference between having a talent to do something and having a passion to do something. And, I, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, we're talking about Lavar, and I'm listening to some of the things that Lavar Ball is doing with his other kids. You know, you're pulling them out of, out of high schools so they can go play ball. You know, you're talking about dudes at like 15 years old. I don't know about y'all, but I know when I was 15, the things that I thought I wanted to do by the time I hit 18, 19, I totally changed my mind. Absolutely. You know, so I'm, I, I'm with you. Is it do? We don't know if if Lonzo really wants this. Is he doing something that he wants to do, or is he doing something that he's just talented enough to do and make millions of dollars in the process? And you That's know, a fact. yeah. And with all that being said, and again, we have to remember, and I tell everybody this all the time. You know, these guys are on TV making a lot of money. At the end of the day, Alonzo Ball is 19 years old. In the NBA, second-round pick, multi-millionaire, what has become maybe the biggest bad mouth on the planet right now after our current president. That is a lot of pressure to be under at 19. And, and to add to that, again, he's doing this playing at the deepest position in the NBA right now. Fact. And, and God William said the same thing. It's, 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 it's agreed. So what I want to ask William is this. Mm-hmm. Said, moving forward, I want to ask you, all right, we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit about, um, I believe it was LaMelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, LaMelo is the one that was playing with UCLA, am I correct? No, it's LiAngelo. Okay, excuse oh. me, LiAngelo. Yeah. All right, because mm-hmm. I went and I did some mathematics because today's everybody today is about statistical data. So I went and I did some math about LiAngelo. I thought, you know, personally as a basketball player, bro, him between LiAngelo and LaMelo, bro, they couldn't hold out draws where we came from playing as players. <laughs> so it, it, it makes me think, Mike, you know what I'm talking about. It makes me think, like, who are they playing against? Who were these guys playing against? Anybody? Can anybody tell me who, for them to get to the level of where they are, and I'm not knocking anybody, we're talking about who were they playing against. Because I can tell you who I was playing against, these dudes is all pro. And, and, and they yeah. were, you know, all Americans, and they was the best of the best. Who are these guys? He scored 92 points the other day. LiAngelo, no, LaMelo. Oh, you're talking about uh, LaMelo. 
LaMelo scored 92 right. points the other day. Who in the good God name is he playing against? <laughs> well, that, and, and, and see, just to piggyback off of that, you know, that was part of the problem before, you know, with LeBar Ball getting into it with the high school coach because, you know, he felt that his son was not taking enough shots. And typically the reason why LaMelo is averaging the crazy points that he is, I mean, don't get me wrong, he can play, but at the same time he's taking all of the shots. So, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, going back to Kobe's last game in the NBA, if you're taking 40 shots, law of averages, you're at least going to score 40 or 50 points, you know. So, right. But when I think when I think Alonzo Ball, and, you know, you guys talked about it, you know, him possibly being forced into this, and Mike and I have talked about this before. And I, right. and I said this when he was at UCLA. One name that came to mind when I saw Alonzo Ball on the bar ball was Todd Marinovich. Cal, yeah. Are we, yeah. Cal, okay. were you familiar with the story right. with the story of Todd Marinovich? I am. I really okay. am. So, okay, so, so so you know how his father, you know, forced upon him to be a football player, forced upon him to be a quarterback, forced him to be left-handed, never even allowed the kid to eat a, eat a hamburger. And, and it got to the point, you know, this dude was eating, sleeping, and drinking football. Finally made the Raiders as their starting quarterback. And the one time when it was starting to come together and he had a decent game against the Giants, his father told him that he was proud of him. His father had never told him that before. And it simply went downhill, you know, for him after that. From that point. And right. I mean, yeah. Exactly. I and, you know, we, and, Mike, you know, you talk about, you know, Lonzo being at the deepest position in the NBA. And, you know, you talk about the unnecessary pressure that his father's put on him. I mean, this is going back to last year when Lonzo was in college. And, you know, LeVar has still not backed away from it because he's still saying that his son is better than Steph Curry. And, I mean, the thing is, that is so much unnecessary pressure because as Lon- if you're Lonzo Ball, before you even step foot on an NBA floor, you're being compared to a guy who's a two-time NBA champion and a two-time NBA MVP, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, so, so I mean, the thing is, your father's put unnecessary pressure on you, and you know, Lonzo, you know, fairly or not, this is going to like honestly, I got to say, between this year and next year, we are really going to figure out if Lonzo Ball has the goods to make it in the NBA, just for the simple fact that it's going to determine where his psyche is. Because you go back to his okay. first game. He got shut down by Patrick Beverly. You know, and I mean, this is no knock on Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly is not an, an all-star point guard. He's a guy who possibly could make one all-star game throughout his NBA career. But he but, is know, all defense. Be- right. And a guy like Pat Beverly, you know, he plays with a chip on his shoulder every night because he went undrafted. And, you know, I've talked, I've, I've talked to guys who went undrafted by the NFL and they still had lengthy careers, and it was something that they never forgot because basically nobody wanted you. And to be a pro athlete, you have that alpha male mentality. And, you know, it's always, you know, I'm the man. And, you know, your ego really takes a hit in not getting drafted. Pat Beverly always played with that chip on his shoulder. But, you know, you talk about the deep position, having to go up against the Steph Currys, the Russell Westbrooks, the James Hardens, the Damian Lillers, the John Walls, the Kyrie Irvings. And, I mean, we're missing so many guys right now. That's a tough thing to deal with. Fact. And we even saw it a few a few games ago where the Lakers had a game against the Nuggets, and they lost by 15 points. And I think it was Jamal Murray who purposely went to dribble the ball around Lonzo Ball at half court. And Lonzo would not have to deal with this if it wasn't for his father because his father has put 
all of this unnecessary pressure on him. And now, you know, you touched on it about, well, you know, now he really can't talk to the media at Staples Center. Well, right. I got news for he you. Can't. The next, the next step is going to be he's going to be banned media. from the Staples Center, from, from the Staples mm-hmm. Center altogether. You know what I'm saying? Let me, because let me let me piggyback. Please let me mm-hmm. piggyback a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. I'm going to sure. say this because as a player, the number one thing I learned, and let me tell you something. I played against a lot of a lot of everybody, from the top street ballers to NBA mm-hmm. players to the the top college players. And the number one thing I always had in myself was confidence. I'm going to get my 2010. I don't care who you are. I don't care if it was Anthony Mason. I played against him. I don't care who you are. I got confidence in my game. And what I see with Lonzo Ball, I don't see that confidence in his game. You understand what I'm saying? I don't, I'm, I, right. you know, I'm a Lakers fan. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, you know, analytical about what goes on and what's happening. And I don't see that confidence night in and night out in his game. Where I came from, I'm just going to explain this and break it down because it goes to before where, where Lonzo Ball is at now. If you know you was playing against guys that were really, really good, whether they was pro college or whatever, you, if you're going to play with them, you got to step your game up and keep your game on that level. You understand what I'm saying? And, 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 and right. I mean... You know, when I graduated high school, you had the Mashburns. Before that was the Malik Sillies, the Kenny Andersons. You had the Adrian Autrys. You had uh, the best of the best when I graduated. Not counting the guys in the PSAL. That's the mm-hmm. Catholic School League. So right. day in and day out, you look at, you you looking. I mean, you you playing against top notch competition. Forget forget about that. Each one teach one. All the different programs we had. It's the confidence in your game, brother. I don't see the confidence in Lonzo Ball's game night in and night out. I don't know what I'm going to get. So as a person that's watching, we don't know, yo. I'm piggybacking because it starts before that. it got to be in your mind that, listen, I don't care who I'm playing against, who I'm going against, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to dictate what I'm going to do. I'm going to dunk on this guy. I'm going to shoot in this guy's face. I'm going to shake this guy. I'm going to do something to make you remember me and know that I can get at you. I don't see that confidence. And I don't think LeVar Ball is helping him. And if I may, and that's the point, like I don't think Lonzo is necessarily dealing with a lack of confidence as much as it is distraction. You know, if there there was one thing that I do regret about my, my career personally, is that I never understood mental preparation. And okay, when you are you. playing, at, 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 again, as a 19-year-old kid in the NBA, toughest toughest conference, deepest position in the league, and let's be honest, 19, there's still a lot of development that Lonzo has to go through and has to learn on the fly because he, he does have talent. You can see the mm-hmm. talent oozing out of him, but it has to develop. And, and in order for that to happen, you have to be focused. Lonzo can't be Absolutely. focused because, one, you're at a point, I can't speak for myself because if I do, I risk incurring the wrath of my father and, and causing family dramas, distraction. I got the entire league looking after me, trying to kill me because of my father, distraction. I'm now having been told or whatever that 
you know, my teammates are now looking at me sideways because something that I said to my father now leaked out to the media, and they're looking at me, distraction. My father is now talking about my coach. And let's say, and from everything I've heard, the entire team loves Lonzo. But your father yes, is now slowly destroying, destroying that. So now you got to be able to play go. through that, though. You got to, Mike. You got to be able to play through that. I've I played in extreme hostile conditions, you know, on several different levels. All right, and 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 some of those levels was people was betting on the game. I don't know they betting on the game, mm-hmm. but you know, it's big money on the game. You know, and if you don't get your twenty ten or whatever you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It might affect them, and they're gonna tell you, "Well, if you didn't do what you were supposed to do, we lost this money." I'm just hypothetically speaking. The distractions. Once you get on the court, the court is just safe haven. That's the one place you can go and do where you ain't gotta answer no questions about what happened before or what's gonna happen. You gotta deal with what's happening on that court. And if you can't, you know, separate yourself from the distractions, he's not gonna make it. You know, and, and and the distractions get more difficult as you go along. And you're you're kind of answering, you know, where I was going with this. How can you make it when the distraction is your parents? You see what I mean? Like that, that's a tough right. bond to break. You got to block that out, bro. You got to block it out. It's like I don't know how to explain it all, but the best way I can put it to you is this. I was the type of player, I was a very good player. I didn't know how good I was because I always mm-hmm. thought I was smart. And I always thought that, you know, regardless of how good I could play, I was always smart and I would be good in life and I would be good with anything else. Mm-hmm. So with basketball, basketball, I used that as a tool to get it to my spots. You understand? In other words, that was to get into college and to get to where I needed to go to. Mm-hmm. So I, I never really put my all in all mentally into that. But whenever I was on that court, it was a hundred. I wanted to win every game, every practice, every drill, everything I did, I wanted to win. And if you don't have that type of mentality, and what you said, William, was uh, mental preparation. Right. And, uh, actually, excuse me, Mike, you said mental preparation. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you got to go out. I'm in the snow up in Fulton Park taking 500 shots. Every night while all y'all sleep in your bed. You don't know mm-hmm. I'm out there. I got the gym open in Claremont. I'm taking 500 shots. I'm on the road. I'm working three jobs. I haven't given up my college eligibility. I got offered to go play in Puerto Rico over here. It wasn't for the league, but I knew I had to still stay in shape. Everybody's smoking reaper. They got the women. Mm-hmm. They doing this. They doing that. I ain't got no kids. I'm doing. I'm chasing myself. So mm-hmm. if you chasing yourself... Your mental preparation is the most important thing. It's the discipline because with basketball, for me, I did three separate basketballs, three separate workouts, excuse me, in order to play basketball. Three separate workouts. Five times a week, no matter where I was. You have to do that. And if you can't block out the crowd, you got seventeen to 20,000 people screaming in your ear every day, and trust me, I've been there. If you mm-hmm. can't do that and play your game, you're going to be in trouble. And I, I feel sorry that Lonzo has to go through this because of his father. But at the end of the day, you're not your father. And right. I told my father that he didn't put those type of expectations on me. Mm-hmm. He just was like, yo, he told me, he said, son, 
do the best you can. I'm going to be proud of you no matter what you do. And whenever I saw my father there, I was like, yes. You know, I felt like good. He could have been talking all type of stuff behind whatever, you know, he could have been saying whatever. But I would never know because my mind wasn't there. My mind was on the game and who I was guarding. You know what I'm saying? If I, I got the predator in my face, I'm at a tournament, whether I'm in Rucker, I'm here, I'm here, wherever I'm at. Doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? I could be in in in, in the backyard 132. I'm I'm thinking about this guy. You understand what I'm saying? I'm thinking about Reggie mm-hmm. Freeman, whoever, wherever, whoever I'm playing with, whoever I'm playing against. You know what I'm saying? And, and the funny thing about this is, we got older. All the guys I played against didn't really know who I was, but they remembered that I played. So once we got older, and we started connecting on social media. They remembered, yo, you played. Yo, you did good. You know, and it was like that made me feel well because I was able to block out whatever distractions, and the distraction could be, this guy is the best player on the planet. You know, a couple of months ago, I spoke to Kenny Anderson, all right? We were talking, and he's going to be a guest on Citywide Sports. And I, I had told him, I said, I remember my junior year in high school. He was the number one player pretty much in the country. And mm-hmm. he had the, the, the New York State High School uh, scoring record. And I went to Malloy High School, and I saw him play against one of my friends named Ronnie Eford, who played over at Marquette. And I saw Kenny drop 32 points in three quarters. He sat the fourth one. And this guy, his left hand was the best. That was the best shot I've ever seen. And it (laughs) made me work on my left hand. And so when you see guys like that, and, and, you know, then you play with them in free play. You know, we we played in free play. This guy didn't miss a shot in free play. He didn't miss a shot in shoot around. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't care who saw what or what was going on. He played his game. And this is the top. This was the top guy in New York City. My junior year in high school. All right, and I sat there and I watched them. I played against the Brian Reese's. I played against all these guys that were big. So it brings back the question again: Who was Lonzo, Lamelo, and Leangelo playing against? Because I'm not hearing no names. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're playing against top notch, right. like you go back to the LeBron James. LeBron was playing against Melo. He was playing against. Um, What's my man, um, um, Lenny, uh, Lenny Cook? Lenny Cook. Lenny, Lenny Cook. All these guys, they were top-ranked guys. So you know who you was playing against and what type of game you need to bring to these things. So it brings me back to that. Who was Lonzo, LaMelo, and LeAngelo playing against? Can somebody tell me? One of y'all please tell me that. Please. Well, well right. the, the one – the one name that you know, I think that I think that comes to mind, and it wasn't on the high school level. Definitely, uh, you know, last year uh, when uh, UCLA played Kentucky in the tournament, you know, and De'Aaron Fox right. basically gave you know Lonzo Ball the business, and I really thought that that was, yeah. you know, you know, I thought that was going to be a microcosm of you know things that come for Lonzo's NBA career, right. you know, at least at the beginning, and you know, to me. Right. I, I mean, I just go back to the pressure because it's so unnecessary for what LeVar has done to him. Because listen, everybody's not gonna not gonna step onto the court and you know become a phenom right away. LeBron James no, was a time. freak. He was a freak from the standpoint that this dude came into the league straight out of high school and averaged twenty points per game as a rookie. You know he what I'm saying? I mean, that, up. He showed right, up. Right. That's. That's something you see once in a generation. I mean, but you look at Lonzo this year. I mean, I go back to his stats, 
And, you know, one guy that comes to mind, you go back to the 2013 NBA draft. Otto Porter Jr. was a third overall pick by the Wizards. This guy came into the NBA with a tremendous skill set. He was the Big East Player of the Year. And this is when being the Big East Player of the Year meant a lot because, you know, of the teams like UConn, you know, Syracuse, you know, you still have Villanova, you know, Louisville. And that's when Louisville won the, won the national championship that year. So that gives you an idea of how, you know, talented Otto Porter yep. Jr. was. Yeah. Otto Porter Jr.'s first year in the NBA, he only averaged two points per game. And even by his second year, he only averaged six. However, you know, the Wizards allowed him to develop. And now as Otto Porter Jr., is in his fifth year, he's averaging more than 15 points per game along with seven rebounds. So obviously you see that he continues to improve. My point is this. Right. You know, Lonzo is a guy that it's going to take him a couple of years to properly develop into being an NBA player. But my my problem is is due to the unnecessary pressure that his father has put on him and the microscope that he's put him under. I'm not sure if he's going to get that opportunity because I'm not sure at some point – at some point, okay. his, his mentality his mentality has to reach a breaking point because everybody is going to gun for you. You know, I mean, we saw what Joel Embiid did to the Lakers a few uh, earlier this season. Granted, you know, after the Lakers beat the Sixers a few nights ago, you know, Joel Embiid and LeBar Ball, they talked in the uh, tunnel in the, uh, in the arena in Philadelphia. But, I mean, you got guys like De'Aaron Fox who was in his draft class. You know, you have Ben Simmons who right now is the rookie of the year. You know, and like Absolutely. again, we talked about we talked about how deep but that point guard position is in the NBA. Not yeah, a rookie. Technically, he's not. <laughs> technically, technically, he's not. It's and that's just what like I've been Blake hearing. Griffin's, I've been hearing the technicality. But, but it's just like it's just like the, it's just like the Blake Griffin situation because you remember when Blake he Griffin wasn't a rookie technically, right? You know what I'm saying? But it, like it was all about. Because it's like you've had guys in the past where, you know, they can't – you know, you've had it with guys from Europe where, you know, they were drafted in a certain year and yeah, they decided to come over a few – They were playing yeah, pro. You know, right. Right. You know what I'm saying? But they're, they're so, still not playing but, NBA, but I, I hear what y'all are saying. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Fact. Yeah, you know, and, I mean, it's the unnecessary pressure. And, you know, unfortunately for LeVar Ball, and LeVar Ball has continuously attempted to downplay it, I really think that the worst thing that could have happened – to him and the ball of brand was when Leangelo got arrested for shoplifting over in China recently. And, you know, he tried to oh, downplay yeah. it, mm-hmm. you know, and he did, he did that CNN interview. And honestly, that CNN interview oh, really did not, did not help him in any way, shape or form because, you know, Mike, you've talked about it tonight about, you know, LeVar just keeping needing to keep his mouth shut. And in a situation like that, I think the best thing for LeVar ball would have been, to have simply kept his mouth shut because he made a bad situation worse because, you know, Mike, you and I have talked about this before. Shoplifting here in the United States hmm. could be a slap on the wrist. You know, you make your, you know, your, your, your court appearance, you pay your fine, maybe do some community service if you're a first-time offender. Mm-hmm. Over, when, you, when you get out of the United States, petty crimes are not treated in the same fashion. I mean, I go back back to the 1990s, you know, when Michael Fay was, you know, arrested in Singapore for doing graffiti on cars. And the Singapore government right. wanted to cane him eight times. And Bill Clinton That's was the right. president, and Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton was able to negotiate it down to six. And then I actually, you know, saw a demonstration of what the caning was going to look like oh, yeah. on the Phil, Donah- Phil Donahue show. 
These guys they took vicious. a long ba- yeah, they took a long bamboo stick and they yeah. wrapped it in tape and then they soaked it in water and Ooh. then they hit them on the backside. So the thing is, it's and like once you get to foreign countries, <laughs> right? So once you get to foreign countries, you know they don't take petty crimes as you know a, a slap on the wrist, no pun intended, like it here, like it is here in the United States. And for LeVar Ball to go on TV and attempt to downplay it because I've seen people do worse things, you know, that's not going to fly because if I go right now and I punch somebody in the face and I get caught by the cops and I go in front of the judge, if I tell the judge, well, you know what, yeah, what I did was wrong, but I've seen people shoot people, the judge ain't going to hear it. The judge right. ain't going to throw me in jail. No if, no if, ands, or buts He's going to throw the book at you. He's going to hit you with the book. Right. Absolutely. Right. Right, so you can't sit up there and downplay it. And then for, you know, LiAngelo to go on TV and say, well, you know, the other kids were stealing and then I jumped in. And, I mean, like, Mike, you and I, you and I have talked it's about young it. People. It's about, it's young right. people stuff. But, that's I mean, the thing moment. is, it's like, you know, you're 18, you're 19 years old, I get that. But at the same time, you're not nine because that's an excuse you make when you're nine years old and it doesn't fly. And at the same right. time, you know, uh, uh, with, with all of that involved, you know, Mike, you know, you were on sports teams in college. I was on sports teams. Cal, uh, the same thing for you. I can tell you from my personal experience, nobody had to tell me anything. I mean, first of all, I was a walk-on, so I knew that, number one, I didn't have, like, a long leash as far as, like, being stupid. So, like, if, if I really had to make sure, like, like, I stood up and was, like, straightforward, you name it. But I knew because every time that we every time that we took a trip, we all had uh, team team issued sweatsuits. You had the school name on your t-shirts, your sweats, That's everything. Right. Once you put that yeah. on, it's not just about you. You're a representative of that That's school. Right. Absolutely. And the thing is, and the thing is, you look at UCLA, one of the most prestigious you know universities you know sure. in the United in United States. I mean, UCLA is known for the basketball. Absolutely. But, but UCLA Medical Center is also up there. So, you know, UCLA really, you know, they pride themselves on that. And, he, you Absolutely. know, that, that, that brought a lot of embarrassment to that university. And I really think it that it was – It did. It, and I, and I, I think the ultimate slap on the wrist out of everything, you know, you talk about, you know, LeVar pulling his kids out of school. But then you turn around and you say, you know what, okay, you're not going to play my son. I'm going to pull him out of school and take him overseas and let him play ball. He didn't learn his lesson. And the reason is this, the other two kids that were with him, they're left back there to sit back and suffer all of the consequences from UCLA for their That's wrongdoing right. while you just go about That's your right. life. And, and may I also add to that, if he's mm-hmm. talking about taking his kids overseas and these are the mistakes that they're making when they were in UCLA and they're talking about playing right. ball in another country, and I know when you're overseas as a ball player you are able to get away with a lot, but if you think you can slip up and and and, and somewhat and just if do you're whatever in that country playing, right? Somewhat yeah, there's there's going to be some consequences and repercussions. And from everything well, that I've heard about these kids, you know, especially Leangelo, the one that the the one that came out of UCLA, mm-hmm. they, I've heard it said recently if there were three rounds in the NBA draft, he still wouldn't get he wouldn't get drafted. Well, so well, let's touch on it. Let me touch on this, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Mike, you and William know this. Let me let's bring it we're gonna break this down to the essence about Leangelo Ball. I'm gonna take it back because I did some mathematics and one thing I specialize in is social studies. So before we get there, I'm gonna take it back. 
Whenever you go on the road with your college team, it's basically three rules. First one, don't embarrass the university. Mm-hmm. Second one, no prostitutes. Third mm-hmm. one, no police contact. They tell you this. Now, fourth on the list is whenever you go away, you get a per diem. Meaning right. they give you money. It's basically meal money, whatever. Uh-huh. And from when I was in school in, in, in the 1990s, early 90s, through straight through the 90s to the end of 2000, all right, basically what it was was they would give you a certain amount of money every time you went out, and you could take that money and do whatever you want. Aside from the fact that these kids come from places and homes where I'm sure their people were giving them money or whatever, you get money from the school. There's Correct. no reason why these kids didn't pay for whatever it was that they took. One. Two, you get briefed. When you go to a foreign country, even if you're going to visit, all right, we all we all have uh, passports. We've all been out of the country, all right? So mm-hmm. you know when you get out of the country, you're an American. They want to know when you keep leave, when you come in, and they want to know when you leave, and they want to see you. Goodbye. So this is all known things. So I'm not going to give it that angle of kids being kids and kids not knowing too much because they knew the consequences and they was told because you were briefed twice. Exactly. About that. Are we in agreement on that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. For, for the most, for the most take... part, I, I will always say okay. let's, let's not overreach and assume that everybody in school no, no, no. and these no, no, no. do what they're supposed to do. But I, I'm with you for the most No, they te- but Mike, they tell you. Mike, they tell you. Even if you're not going out of the country, they tell you when you're going. You could be going from state to state. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter because well, yeah, you got different to to state laws in Maryland than, than you do in New York. Then mm-hmm. you got different state laws in South Carolina than you do in Atlanta. They tell you this stuff. You're being you're being schooled. You know you don't mm-hmm. have an excuse. I'm going to bring it back a little bit because if I'm going to China and you're going to take a trip in China, here's a few things you want to know. You want to know where you're going, where you could go, what you could do, what you can't do. Mm-hmm. And the United States didn't formally recognize the People's Republic of China for 30 years. Instead, mm-hmm. the U.S. maintained diplomatic relations with the Republic of China, their government, and especially with Taiwan, recognized as the sole legitimate government of China, Taiwan. So this is something you should know because they tell you this. You understand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it back even further. World War II, China was an allied power of Great Britain and France. Except for during the German occupation in China, 1940 to 1944, the Soviet Union, after 1941. So that means there was what's called, we went to school, the Boxer Rebellion. You know, we were looked at as Westerners, even though the Europeans took and they industrialized and westernized China. They didn't like it, and they rebelled. So this is common sense, because if you're in college and you're doing any type of papers or whatever you're doing, you're learning about the Chinese government. I always looked at the at the Chinese government as, uh, uh, you know, not really as a more a, a dictatorship, you know, not a democracy, but a dictatorship. This is what I looked at, you know, the Chinese government as, as a dictatorship. Uh-huh. And they were, you know, Nazi-occupied. They had swastikas. You can look at the karate movies. You saw what they represented, and it wasn't democracy until we came up into current times, 
you know, from the 50s to the 60s to whatever. This goes way back, and you learned this in school. So, in other words, if I'm going to China, I'm taking my kids, my wife, whoever, or I'm going to the ball, I'm going to do whatever, I want to know what I can do and what I can't do. Not only did Leangelo Ball embarrass his family, he embarrassed the United States. Because yep, whenever yeah. you leave to go to another country and you're playing for a, a United States team, you represent the U.S. You're going out there to right. scrimmage, whoever, you know, whatever. And, you know, I got guys right now that, you know, I played ball and grew up. Their kids are in Division One schools, and they all went to different parts of the world to go and play. But your school, we had this conversation about Angelo Ball. So I say this to say this. He made a mistake. I don't think he should be crucified for it. But I think he should be made the man up. I think him being pulled out of school and given a chance to go play overseas, I think that's a sucker way out. And I honestly think that he's cheating himself by not being able to go to school because I don't honestly, I'll be surprised if another school takes him. What y'all think about that? Do you think somebody else is taking it? I would say this with everything you just said, and this goes back to everything that y'all touched on before. Do you think Leangelo is making that's – that's, that's the guy from you said, Leangelo, correct? Right, right, right. Correct. Is Leangelo making these decisions? Because, quite frankly, again, He's not. I haven't heard – I have never heard what another yep. member of the Ball family speak. And, and from the time that they, they've gotten their name known from, like, the middle of last year, at least when I came across them, I have mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you what Alonzo Ball sounds like. Not well, Never mind thing. his brothers. And you telling me that you're pulling me out of school, well, A, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if it was resolved where, you know, he was on scholarship or the father was paying, but why would you just right. pull me out of school? What if I don't want to leave school? Well, the you thing see, is, you see what I mean. I, I say that to say you're telling him to to man up and make and, and take all these things. I don't know if he if he's even in a situation to where he can make his own decisions right now. Because what if he wants to? I agree. Well, well, the thing is, well, the thing is, you know, at this point, Leangelo Ball has no more eligibility because a couple of hours ago, Leangelo and Lamelo, you know, they signed. They had already signed with an agent. Now they 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 agreed to play ball uh, for this team in Lithuania. So and 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 the thing is, the two reasons why they're going to play for this team, this is like arguably one of, if not the worst leagues in European basketball, and they were also guaranteed to get at least twenty to twenty five minutes per game. And the only reason that the team that the team signed them was because they hoped that. You know their presence. You know can bring more of a spotlight to the team. But my thing is this: Incredible. typically with European basketball, the way that it goes, the youngsters don't play that much. And I'll tell you like this: it's not going to be any any situation over there where Lavar Ball is going to tell the coach how to run his team, this, that, and a third. Because they over in Europe, they don't have a problem uh, showing you the door. And I'll tell you like this: you know, there are people. There, there are people who have your, who have already seen Leangelo play, and they're like, you know what, he might be a D League guy, or he might, or G League at this point, or he might be a European player. They're looking at Lamelo as being more of the NBA prospect. But the thing is, you're not going to see Lamelo play at the collegiate level because he's already signed with an agent, so that is done. So for a team to take Lamelo or Leangelo, they'll have to do it from Europe. But the problem is. 
with everything that has gone down this season with Lonzo, if you're an NBA team, would you want to take a chance on either LaMelo or LiAngelo? Because, I, Mike, I already asked you this. Cal, I'll ask you this as well. Let's say it does not work out for Lonzo with the Lakers. How many other NBA teams do you think are really ready to line up and say, you know what, we want Lonzo Ball? Not because of him, because of the father. That's the problem. And I keep asking people, and nobody has been able to give me a solid answer on this. How do you break the bond of a, of a parent that is that involved in your life in that manner? Because let, let's also be clear on something, too. I don't know if anybody here has actually met LeVar Ball. We, no. I, I know from my standpoint. No, we only know about the, him through the media. Through the media. Well, I say that to right. say you don't know what people are like when the cameras go off. You know, because right. we, we've said, you know, he's such a great father and this, that, or whatever. All we know is what we see. We don't mm-hmm. know what this dude is doing when the cameras is off. And it may be a situation to where they may actually hate their fathers. Despite whatever success he has helped to bring them, they may actually despise that dude. And I ask again, has anybody here ever heard any member of the of the Ball family speak aside from LeVar? No. Well, Lonzo, does, does, Lonzo, limited, does Lonzo... They're all limited. Right. right. I, I've, I, I've never heard him speak. I, are, I, I, I mean, think I, I've, I've never heard, heard hearing him, him at the draft. I've never heard him very, speak aside from that. Very limited. I've, I've heard him speak. What I will say to this is, is to piggyback on it. Um, mm-hmm. In actuality, see... What's happening with the people out here and, and with social media is they feel like what, you know, to an extent what Lonzo Ball is going through, it, you know, kind of represents them and what, you know, they're going through or, you know, the way that their fathers may have been pushing them and what they thought could have happened for them. So a lot of people are actually, you know, they're pro-Lonzo Ball, uh, pro-Lavar Ball. Mm-hmm. Me, I didn't like him when I first saw him, but then I got what he was trying to do and so, you know, the the the, 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 the anger kind of dissipated. But then when I looked at Lonzo Ball, the athlete, and saw what his father was doing to him, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. But at the same time, you got to be your own man. But if you're not a grown man, you can't be your own man. Because technically, technically, LeVar Ball is still responsible for Lonzo Ball, even though Lonzo Ball is a professional basketball player. He's only 19. You're not grown until you're technically you're 21, so you can't drink or do anything of legal movement until he gets 21. I'm just hypothetically speaking. But, see, in everything that you just said, and, and this is what I, I always try to tell people, it even goes back to what you said earlier in the conversation about, you know, your mental toughness and all that, everybody is different and has to go through their own process. While you may have True. the mental toughness to, you know, to to kind of gut out a lot of the things you went through, you know, Lonzo may not have that that much. But let me rephrase that: he may not be tough enough to handle that. Everybody has has, has a different capacity, and I, and I think Lonzo personally is is incredibly tough. But personally, it, they say pressure either makes diamonds or make or bust pipes. And if you get, I don't care who you are, you get enough pressure, you will explode. And I looked at Lonzo personally when I saw him uh, around uh, maybe draft time. Or just before the draft, and his father was running his mouth about Steph Curry. To me, I see somebody that's slowly starting to crack, and you can it's, actually it's see it in his game. 
it, it, you know, it's it, very it, possible. It, it's too. It's too much. And the and the. I tell people it's kind of hard to to break a bond with an overzealous parent, and it's even worse when you actually owe your parent something. Because I will give Lavar his credit. At least the perception is, Lavar did do a lot of things to help his boys out. And it's going to be real hard for him to just say, you know what, Dad, I love you, but you got to shut the hell up and, and let me, and let me do my own he, thing. He, but but Mike, he did one better. He found a tall female. He's a tall male, mm-hmm. and they purposely had these children knowing that they would be tall, and he oh, breeded them. He breeded them. All right. That, he said it. that is disgusting. If, that, if that's sure true, and I'm taking your word for it, 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 it is. He said it. You can find. You can find it anywhere. This is one of the first things I learned about LeVar Ball and how, you know, they were talking about how he got with his wife. And, you know, she was, I don't know if she was a volleyball or whatever she was. She was an athlete. And she was tall. He was tall. They breed athletes. They did this on purpose. He said that. You know, so that at the end disgusting. of the day, you know, these kids were breeded to play basketball. And at the end of the day, I don't think they were given a fair shot to decide if they didn't want to do that or not. Exactly. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't like I told you, you was a football player earlier. Mm-hmm. I was a baseball player earlier, and I was a very good one. Mm-hmm. You know, I got turned off, and you know, I played in the Spanish League. I mean, I got, I played for like maybe eight years organized from the time I was seven to the time I was 15, 16. Really? I played one year in high school. I did. You know, I played one year in high school. I was throwing about 85 miles an hour. And, you know, my high school coach, he was a Dominican guy. You know, the, you know, he had all the Spanish players. You know, and they, mm-hmm. you know, were doing more than pitching. I didn't want to just pitch. I felt mm-hmm. that I was a good player because I had played in Federation. You know, I went to Cooperstown, lost chances to go play in the Little League World Series, and the whole not. Like I really, really, really played. You know, my father started me, but once I got it, I got it. I became a basketball player because I liked Magic Johnson. I, Magic Johnson, that was my man. Mm-hmm. And then when I got started getting a little bit tall and realizing that I could play a little bit, I said, you know what, let me see what I could do with it. But that wasn't where my confidence was. It was in baseball. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I mm-hmm. like I really played. And if you don't give your, your kids a chance to do something else other than, you know, if you're breathing them, feeding them basketball, eat, sleep basketball, and shoving something down their throat, they're not going to get a chance to know anything else. Listen, I played in a band in high school also. I played five instruments. I was an honest student. Like you understand what I'm saying? Like in other words, I had. You know this, but I'm just hypothetically speaking for the people listening. Mm-hmm. That if you don't have an interest in something else, you know what I'm saying, and, and somebody pushing you to do something else, you're gonna be in trouble. Even even now, to my the best coach I ever had was the Claremont Center, Mike Harris. He knew I was a good player, mm-hmm. but he always knew I was smart. So he, you know, pushed me to go to school where it would go for my smarts because I didn't get highly recruited coming out of high school. Even though with the press I got, I should have gotten, and I was very disappointed. I ended up going to Utica College in Syracuse. So I was up there in Syracuse with Billy Owens, Conrad McRae, Red Autry, Stevie mm-hmm. Thompson. I was up there with them. And I'm watching these guys ball. And then I'm like, okay, so I'm going to go play over here in my school, which is a Division three school. is a subsidiary of Syracuse University, all right? I went there. The coach asked me to play because I didn't go there for that. I went there on my smart. Uh-huh. And my my mind is thinking was, I'm going to go here and I'm going to transfer somewhere where I can play. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it ended up being that I played. 
I got hurt and I had a fight with a guy on the team and I got discouraged and I didn't play. Probably the best move I could have made. But at the same time, my father was an overbearing telling me, you better play there to, co- to correlate what we're saying. Mm-hmm. He didn't tell me, yo, you got to play there. He didn't say, you know, he told me, yo, do what you think is best for you. Make your best decision. I'm not going to tell you to go over here and do this or do this. Do what you need to do. And Lonzo Ball is not, to me, he hasn't been given the opportunity to do. We don't know what he thinks because, like I said, he don't talk. So we don't mm-hmm. know what he really feels. We don't know what LaMelo feels or what Angelo feels. All we know is they're following the big ball of brand. How do you feel about that? Everything that you just said completely, completely eliminated any respect that I had for LaVar Ball. I, and, and it's funny you say that because I was actually saying to somebody else, if you are making, if you are depending on your children to to become wealthy to take care of you, I think you are a disgusting parent. Parent. Period. In the in the discussion, that makes no sense to me. It's it's one thing if you, you know, you have kids and you know you you just want a tall kid. That's fine. If you're talking about you're having them tall so they can become athletes, that to me is is a bit disturbing because that that's that's slavery. That's what they do slavery. So that makes me ask you a question. Did you mm-hmm. know you were going to be six eleven, seven feet? Did you know that? Uh, no, I didn't know that. But there's a difference in terms of what you you just said, given what Lavar Ball said, that he right. did this purposely picking out so he can have athletes. See, that, he that's did. what I'm saying. Like, it's a different if you turn out a certain way. That's one thing. It's another thing when I when I'm intention I'm intentionally going to pick somebody so I can have me a bunch of athletes. That's I mean, it's one of those things that that's sounds good. Did. I think I think that is ridiculous, and, and and we're seeing that play out, because as somebody once said, Absolutely. and I don't have kids, but I heard somebody say, and, and I know Will, you've got kids, kind of, I don't know, but I, I've heard I've heard this said, and Michael Wilbon said this, he said, as a parent, it utterly disgusts me the target that the father is painting on Alonzo Ball's back, and I had to really think about that. Then and, you know and, what, Alonzo Ball need to step up. If you got real game, show me. Show me the money. I almost want to curse. Show me the money. Don't talk about it. Be about it. See, because I'm going to tell you like the, this. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Go ahead. That, 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 and that's the problem, what you just said. Don't talk about it. He doesn't talk. It's the father. But he ain't been about it neither. We don't know. He, I think he had uh, one field goal attempt, zero point, something like that the other day. Mm-hmm. Listen here, bro. That means you don't got no confidence in your shot. So that means that whoever you got helping you and working with you on your shot, they're not really helping you. Because then the game before that I saw, I saw Alonzo Ball shoot three after three and miss them all. See, really I've seen him miss alley oops here. I've seen him miss it all. And that goes back to, to, to what I said again when we talk about the the pressure that that kid is under. I remind everybody, Jason Kidd was the same way. Jason Kidd couldn't shoot a lick for several years in the NBA. All right? And it, and by the time Jason Kidd was finished, he was on the all-time three-pointer list. The point Where? that I'm making is that it. took time to, to develop. This kid, Alonzo, is 19 years old. And people from his teammates to his coaches to the media – to the to the to the other members of the NBA are trying to kill this kid, and I stress the word kid. Nineteen, he, he is, is a, kid. He's a young he's man. A kid. He's technically a kid. He's a kid. 
They are trying well, I mean, to kill him because of what the grown man is actually saying, being his father. That is despicable. And everybody well, is saying I think he's that he's dictating too much. Huh? He's di- Mike. He's dictating too much of what his son Laval is it, dictating too much of what the son should do. Exactly. And now he and now everybody, all of his sons have to cash the check that Laval's mouth is, is writing. And I think personally that yep. that is despicable. And you and, yep. and they might be able to do it if they had time to develop, which they can't do because they don't have normal circumstances. Yeah, so I mean, then you talk that about brings you, me back. Uh, no, guy, guy, well, guy. No, I was, I was just gonna say. I mean, you talked about uh, Jay Kidd and his rookie season. I mean, granted, you know, he was a, like one of the top picks of the NBA in 1994 by the Mavericks, and obviously, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't have to do it under the microscope that you know exactly. Lonzo's under. But I mean, That's you look at you look at Jay Kidd's numbers from his rookie year. He started in 79 games. He averaged 11.7 points, 7.7 assists, 5.4 rebounds. He shot 38% from the field, 27% behind uh, behind the uh, three-point line, and he was nearly a 70% uh, free-throw shooter. Lonzo Ball, rather, 8.6 points, 7.1 assists, 6.8 rebounds. He's shooting just 32% from the field and just 24% from three-point land, and even worse, he's shooting just 47% from the free throw line, you talk free about throw line. exactly. Yeah, from the free from the free throw line, you know what I'm saying. And you talk about you talked about him being, you know, weary about taking shots. The Lakers last game, which they did win on the road on Saturday against the Hornets, he only took five shots. He scored five points, had nine rebounds, so, so to, and and five assists. Again, it looks like a confidence issue to me. Again, right. I'm gonna say this because when you're playing with them, let me just say this. When you're playing with dudes that are real, real nice, if you're mm-hmm. nice, you're going to hold your own and you're going to do what is expected of you. All right? And that's the bottom line. Like, for me, it's, it's, a, it's a confidence issue. If you don't feel confident enough, confident enough to do those things and confident enough to be in a way where, you know, you're contributing as everybody's going along, you know, you like, in other words, um, let me say this. You know how you watch teams play and they get on the road? You know, and this person has the ball, they're scoring. That person has the ball, they're scoring. You know, everybody's sharing the ball. Then when it comes down to you, you break the monotony of what's going on. And I've seen him do it time and time again this year. That's why they tend to think. You know, to me, I would bring him along a lot. I wouldn't have threw him into the fire. I wouldn't have done that because I don't think he's – it looks like between the confidence, it looks like he's really not ready for it. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't, see, I, I don't, I don't see it. And then night in and night out, you got you're going against the top point guards at the toughest position right now. Right now, I think there's a combination of confidence and maybe he needs to sit and watch a little bit. You know, because when Magic was throwing out those bobs about how good he is, he could be as good as me. He can't hold Magic draws for Magic first game. Sorry, <laughs> and I watched them all. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I watched them all. Magic was just trying to give him some confidence and hype him up. That's all yeah, I don't that's know if that's confidence. That's pressure to me. you you I telling mean, me, you, Magic Johnson telling you, you, I expect to see your, your jersey hanging up next to mine. That, I mean, I, I'm all for confidence. And I, I, I go back against what I said because I don't necessarily disagree with you because it, it is a confidence right. issue. But it's the dude, you, you add, I, I put it this way. 
you take somebody like Lonzo, 19, has talent but needs to develop. He's not a finished product. You're right. He he, he leads an out of work. It wouldn't kill him to have sat. But you threw him in there. Magic got pressure on you. You in L.A. market. It's the Lakers. It's showtime. We telling you your jersey going to be next to Magic's. You know, but your father, remember, you got holes in your game. And it's not that yeah. you just can't play. Everybody, nobody comes into the NBA on day one that dude. The only person I have ever seen complete, at least from what I've heard, that come into the league as a complete player is Kareem. I've never seen anybody else do that. Okay, that's a fact. That's, that's, that's a fact. And I wasn't here to witness this. But, Mike, let me throw this at you. Take Lonzo and his game the way it is. Mm-hmm. Bring Lonzo to our lot where we played. Do you think Lonzo would have dominated where we played? Absolutely no. not. Absolutely, Absolutely no. not. Hell no. Because Lonzo would have got the hell beat out of him one. Because we didn't do shit. And you know that. Two, in order to get yours, and get yours to victory, you had to and I'm not just talking about bring it from Fulton down to the block. And I can name you ten guys his height that would have gave him the excuse me, the business. Exactly. Consistently. All right? So, you know, and, and looking at it in hindsight, it brings you back to who was these kids playing against. Now, Lonzo has some success in the NCAA because of the way it's set up. Mm-hmm. You're not always going to play against, you know, top-tier teams every night, night in, night out. You're not always going to do that. You're going right. to play against some lower-level teams and some mid-level D1s. you have a chance to develop and get yours against guys that are left for town. But had Lonzo went to a Duke, a Kentucky, or a North Carolina, he wouldn't have been able to hide his game, bro. Bros? <laughs> what y'all think yeah. about that? No, I mean, listen, I mean, you're you're right, you know, and just to piggyback off what you said earlier, you know, you talked about, you know, him being compared to Magic and even Jay Kidd. I mean, honestly, number one, he doesn't have the confidence of Magic Johnson or Jason Kidd because you look at it, Magic Johnson had a ton of confidence because you're talking about you come into a situation if you're Magic and you take over That's true. as the point guard. That's true. When Kareem, when Kareem is there, and I mean, anybody from this from the younger generation, if you were born, you know, 1990 up until now, you really don't realize how important that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was to the game That's of basketball true. for what he did. Because, art hands down, one of the most dominant players ever, and for Magic to come in as a rookie and like be like, you know, this is our team. It's not just Kareem's team. It's our team, and live up to it. That meant a lot, and and like and Magic backed it up, and it was the same thing he with did. Jason Kidd because yeah, and, and I mean, and it was the same thing with Jason Kidd, not not comparing Jamal Mashburn or Jim Jackson to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but they were like the young what? guys on that team. You they they were already you know established on there. Lonzo doesn't but you have know that. What happened and then, with them? Mm-hmm. Real quick, not to cut you off, Will. Uh, a yeah. woman, a woman, a woman, a well-known singer. Broke that yeah, team. They had the three J. Yep. You do know about yep. that, right? Yeah. Yep. I, I do. I do. I'm not gonna mention no names. I'm gonna let it rock. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah. what happened. That was the dynamic mm-hmm. between Jason Kidd, Jamal Mashburn, and, 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 Jim and Jimmy. Um. 
Jimmy Jackson. Jackson. And then Jackson, you know, over, they was nice. Yeah, and you and you looked at J Kid from day one. You looked at Magic from day one. They had that confidence. And I mean, you know, Magic, you know, he you, you know he grew up playing ball, you know, out out in Michigan. And then you look at you look at J Kid. J Kid grew up playing in the Bay Area in Oakland, and and in Oakland, you know, you had to be against tough. You going ballers. up against right, and you going up against guys like, like Gary Payton. I mean, like New York City right. type ballers. Like he wasn't the best where he was at. But he might have been good in the NBA, but every time he came home, somebody was giving that ass the business. Believe it. Right. You know, so right. you think, you think, you right. think, I'm going to use Rayford Austin. Rayford Austin, probably one of the greatest Rucker players I've ever seen in my life. He was doing whatever he was doing in the league, but when he came back to 56, he was doing what he had to do. But believe me, they was giving him the business. <laughs> believe it when I tell you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can name so many dudes, you know what I'm saying, that, that was pro that I seen play and or play against Pro-Am or whatever, and they was doing what they was doing in the league, but when they came back home, they wasn't, even though they had the money, they had this and that, they wasn't the top dog. Fact. So, in, now I was just going to say, in five years, where do you guys see Lonzo Ball? That all the I I honestly think that that really all depends on how he handles his father because I'm what ends up what because I I personally from watching Lonzo play I see a 19 year old kid that has flashes of of greatness because he does have the vision but he has to work on his game no no very few people come into the NBA a finished product you need time to, to be allowed to develop. He's not going to have that time because, like I said, I, 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 I've told this story to, to you, and I'll just tell it to Cal mm-hmm. briefly. People like LeVar Ball, like I said, forget what he does to your opponent. It's what he does to your team. We had a situation to where we had a kid that was just like LeVar, same situation. Uh, the kid, we had a power forward on our team, nice kid, didn't bother anybody, you know, could play. But his father, you know, who I also like, but, you know, a lot of people didn't like him. And his father is always talking, always talking, always talking. So we got a championship game uh, the night before. Our point guard and our power forward get into a fight. The point guard prefaced the fight by saying, I can't stand your effing father. Needless to say, we lost the title. We didn't win the game. And I say that to say you can see that slowly starting to happen with LeVar, and it, it actually happened a lot earlier than I thought it would. Yeah, because now, again, right about you've that. criticized the coach. You've now criticized, again, from what I'm told, Julius Randle was like his, like his man on the team, always came to his back. You've now destroyed that because you talked about him saying he didn't do his job in the fourth quarter. It, what's next? You're going to say something about Magic? You are not going to get the time to develop because, again, quite frankly, point guards in this league now, especially now, are a dime a dozen. Lonzo, oh, I can yeah. get somebody else to get, to do what you do without all the drama and the baggage and the headaches. He's not going to have the opportunity to, to, to be afforded to, to, to develop. And I don't know if you can get, if he will or can get his father out of his life in time and savage his career. I, I'll leave that. I'll throw it out there to y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say preparation. I'm going I'm to I'm go back to that. Because if you're not taking your 500 shots a day, 
mm-hmm. you know, with your hitch, jump shot, or whatever you got. You're not, you're not, you know, doing what you got to do to work on your game. You know, it's going to be an issue. I'm, I'm going to use Kyrie Irving as an example. I've known Kyrie Irving's father for a very long time. Kyrie Irving used to come, mm-hmm. you know, in the Claremont. You know, we were having, like, these crazy big games with all these big-time players from all over the place. And, you know, before the games, Kyrie would come and shoot. Mm-hmm. And so I would always tell him, get off the court, one. I would always mess with him, get off the court or shoot in closer. He would stay at that three-point line. And guess what? I was wrong. You know what I'm saying? He's mm-hmm. good from deep. He developed that shot, worked on his game, played eight games at Duke, and became a top pick in the draft. Confidence didn't stop him, even though we didn't know much about him as a player when he came out. We wasn't sure about him. His confidence proved us wrong. And I'm using him as a direct example right now. His confidence in his game and him knowing what he could do proved me 100% wrong. I didn't know which way he would go. You know, I had watched him, and I didn't know what to, to, to think because I didn't get to watch him in other venues before, you know, he got to do. You know, I had only heard about him and, you know, seen what I saw, but, you know, they're basically from around the neighborhood and from different projects than what I grew up in, but we all knew each other. And I can remember, you know, Kyrie as a kid, 10, 11 years old, you know, coming in the Claremont and shooting around, and I would always tell him, yo, shoot over there. And he proved me wrong by he shot where he shouldn't have shot, and that shot won him a championship. And and all that comes with confidence and knowing what you can do with your game, no matter what anybody tells you. You know, I, I, I as a player, me, I played all over the country for a college scholarship. I couldn't name half. The only guy I could, I could name right now that I know I played against back then was um, Darius Mouse. All right? Okay. Was that definitely Darius Mouse. He was that guy. You know, and I remember, you know, playing out in St. Louis, doing certain things, and, you know, we played against a couple of guys out there. But, you know, a lot of the guys that I played against were very good players, but they didn't have a fate. I was out there just going against whoever I didn't care. So mm-hmm. that, that meant my confidence was at an all-time high, and whatever I was doing was at an all-time high, no matter where I went or who I played against. And I had the New York stripe against me. That stripe you get on your back from where you come from, Yo, it never goes away, no matter where you go, even when you get older and you move away, which is my case now. I still got that stripe on my back, but as a ball player, it's even deeper. You understand what I'm saying? But for Lonzo, this stripe, I can't even compare to what he's going through right now, what he got going through. There's no comparison. But the pressure, I felt, as far as the pressure, was still kind of sort of the same. And I say this to say this. You know, he's got to overcome that pressure of his father and whatever it is. Otherwise, he's not going to make it in the league. And it starts with him, you know, like Mike said, you know, putting the father in perspective and getting it together. That's my opinion. If I can, Will, before you before you jump in, just to respond to that real quick, because uh-huh. you, you, you keep saying the preparation, you can prepare 100 million times. If you are, if you are unfocused or, a.k.a., distracted, and, and and I'll use, in my opinion, may, may, maybe the the greatest, you know, well, I'll just say the greatest small forward ever. I'll say LeBron. Do we do we remember that infamous game, his last game, with the Cleveland yep. Cavaliers, the first time around, yep. and that whole incident? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sure. Okay, yep. the, the the story goes as as what I said, and I won't mention any names, but we'll just say he was told what was going on five minutes before the game. 
Yeah. Now yeah, that's a major distraction, and, and I, there I think we would all agree LeBron is going to be prepared to do what he got to do. This is the greatest ball player on the planet at the time. Right. When you are distracted, all that preparation goes out the window. If you cannot stay mentally focused, and again, everybody has a threshold. What is it that 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 gets under your skin to to, to make you lose your concentration? And in this case, it's as follows. So I, I agree, you, he's got to prepare. He's got to be better. But he can shoot all the jump shots he wants. If his father is still a pain in his behind and causing all that, it won't matter. Now I, I, I'll say I this because I'm gonna I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a few things. Number one, I think that Lonzo Ball is out of basketball, not just the NBA, but basketball completely within five years. Because wow. I'm gonna throw out some names: out Floyd Mayweather, Shane Mosley, Michael Jackson. One thing that they all had in common, they were brought into their respective fields by their fathers. Shane Mosley was trained by his father. Floyd Mayweather was trained by his father, who was a professional boxer. Michael mm-hmm. Jackson, of course, you know, Joe, Jack- Joe Jackson was really, you know, controlling things behind the scenes for the Jackson 5. At some point, all of these guys said, you know what, I got to get away from you. Shane Mosley is a world champion fired his father who was a trainer you know Floyd Mayweather you know dumped his father and his father even took it as far to be in the corner of Oscar De La Hoya when he fought Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Mayweather still beat him mind you wow. his father was working for the, was working for the other guy Fact. and you know Michael Fact. and you know Michael Jackson Michael Jackson him and his brothers you know they dumped Joe Jackson in the early 80s late 70s early 80s and I mean Mike Mike was already a star but then Michael Jackson's career took off because, you know, he was the guy. My point being, at some point, if you're Alonzo, you got to say, you, you just got to say, you know, I'm done. And, I mean, even if it's to the point that, you know what, I'm not with the big baller brand. I signed with Nike. I signed with Adidas. You know what, I'm just my own guy. I distance myself from that. I mean, just for your survival because, we're about a quarter of the way through the NBA season right now. And, you know, you can see that the pressure is getting to him. And it's not going to get any better. I agree. You were, the, you were the second overall pick of the draft. You know, you're coming to the Los Angeles Lakers, who only the Boston Celtics have won more championships than the Lakers in the NBA. No team has more NBA Finals appearances than the Lakers. And, I mean, every day that you go to work and you step on that court at Staples Center, you look up, you see the championship banners, you see the jerseys, Gail Goodrich, James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, Wilk Chamberlain, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, George Mikan. Okay, mm-hmm. that, that, that's what you're up against. Then, you know, the L.A. media, the Laker fans in L.A., then on top of that, you know, your father, and then you saw what happened the other night when the Lakers played the, the Sixers in Philly. Every time that Lonzo Ball touched the ball, that the Philly fans booed. And, I mean, he did absolutely nothing. That's true. This is, this is all because of the father. So, I mean, exactly. honestly, you, you know, it's one of those things, pressure bust pipes. But, honestly, I think at some point it gets to him. And I say mm-hmm. within five years, he's out of, he's out of basketball completely. I, I, I don't well, you know. We'll see. Well, you know, for me, that's a that's a real C situation. You know, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope he overcomes that. 
But, you know, to me, you know, you, you got to be able to put both into perspective, you know, and kind of come to a mutual understanding with yourself, you know. And, you know, the pressure is never going to leave, even if he leaves his father and doesn't, you know, deal with that situation. It's never going to leave. And what's oh, been yeah. done is already imprinted. It's in stone what's been done already. So these guys are never going to stop coming after you. It's never going to change. You know what I'm saying? Whether you leave your father or not, you still got to come out there and perform and do what you got to do. Absolutely. You know, so that brings you back to the confidence level. Because a situation, like you said, you know, the mental thing can, can, can definitely affect your physical game. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, see Nick Anderson, you will find yeah. yourself out of the yeah. You know, that's a perfect perfect example. You know, Nick Anderson was a beast. I watched him. You know what I'm saying? When he played at Illinois, they had a crew. That was one of my favorite Kendall, teams. Kendall Gill. Uh, we, we could name them all. Marcus Liberty. You know what I'm saying? We could name, we could name them all. But the bottom line yeah. is Nick Anderson came into the league. He was a good player. You know, he was drafted. You know, you know one of the first picks with the Orlando, Orlando Magic. You know, he was the inaugural guy, and, you know, he pr- pretty much introduced Shaq and Penny and all those other guys into what they were doing. And, you know, when he missed those free throws, yep. that was it. Never it recovered. was never the same. He might have played two more years after that, and he was gone. And, you know, it was sad to me because, you know, uh, I don't think a free throw, a missed free throw should make your career, but he got to the point where he didn't want to take the free throws. Yep. You know, he didn't want to shoot the free throws, whether, you know, and, and it was always, you know, something that was, just, you know, messing with his mind. So some guys can't overcome, you know, the mental aspect of, you know, what happens, you know, during the course of a game. I've learned, you know, from even when I was young, to separate whatever I was doing from whoever was watching, whether it was my parents or my peers or whoever, I separated whatever. And I dealt with whatever consequence I had after. I was always a clutch player, though, personally. I won a lot of games, you know what I'm saying, when it counted, you know, and j- just in, in general, like on a, on, a, on a higher level than the street level, I won a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I never took, and I also, I lost the big one also because I still made the shot, but it wasn't the shot I was supposed to take. So, you know, when you take that responsibility, you have your wins and losses, but I still went after that. It didn't, it didn't stop my confidence from wanting to be the person to take that last shot. You know, it, it mm-hmm. never, it never, my confidence never waned. So, you know, to me, it, it is mental. Basketball is about 85% mental. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and if you can't, you know, dissect it and break it down and put it in perspective, you know, you, you, you're you going to be lost. You know, that's just my opinion about it. You know, I hope the brother right. gets it together. Oh, you know, yeah. and what I'm going to do is I, I, I need to uh, definitely check out some things and get to some other stuff today. And, you know, I want to tell y'all both that I appreciate, you know, having the the platform to talk about this with y'all, you know, and and to hear the statistical analysis, you know, well, you've been great with it. You know, Mike, you know, you're my brother forever. You know what I'm saying? You know how we rock out. You know what I'm saying? You know how we rock out. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's just been a pleasure. But, you know, there's no way we can talk about this any more than we have. Yeah. Right. And I wish Lonzo could hear what we had to say. My opinion. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you know, just just to harp like very quickly because we got three minutes left. Is that um, 
you know, you talked about the mentality of the free throws, and I mean, it's something that I guess you know Lonzo could take a you know page out of the Kawhi Leonard book because I mean, you go back to uh, 2013, you know, Kawhi missed those you know those those free throws that would have wrapped up you know the, the NBA championship for the Spurs, and then the dude turned back the next year, and you know was Finals MVP in that series, you know, for uh, for San Antonio. Yeah, you know, but you know, it, it, it's the uh, it's the mental it's the mental aspect, and you know, just under three minutes left, you know, I'm going to give each of you guys the opportunity. If you guys want to give a shout out uh, to anybody, you know, Cal, I know you're doing some things in uh, sports media, and if you want to, you know, give those a quick plug, please, by all means, you know, the the platform is yours. Well, you know, I want to shout out Citywide Sports and uh, New York Underground Radio, the group. You know, those are uh, two platforms. They've given me a chance to speak and, you know, to be heard in a way where I probably wouldn't, you know, be heard. You know, I've been doing, you know, radio for probably about 28 years off and on. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, one of my gifts is to be able to talk too much. You know, and uh, at the end of the day, I hope I didn't talk too much here today, but I hope that, you know, I was informative enough to, you know, to, to let people understand what it is. And, um, I just I want to shout you out, Will. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you having me on the show. You know what I'm saying? This is appreciate 300 pounds here, of peer pressure today. This, this is 300 <laughs> pounds of peer pressure. All right? You know what I'm nah. saying? I want to thank you all nah. very much. Of course, my brother Mike, I want to thank you for uh, putting up with me for these last few minutes. And uh, I thank you all much for, you know, for the opportunity. Uh, trust me, man. Trust me. All the appreciation is on this side, man. You know, brother Mike, with 90 seconds left, anything you want to say to anybody out there, man? Oh, no doubt. Uh, fellas, it was a pleasure. Always love talking to y'all. I can talk sports no with y'all all day. I love I love talking about sports life and intelligent, beautiful people like yourselves. I've known y'all for a very Thank long you, time. It's a, it's an honor to, to talk to y'all. And, again, same thing. I I hope I didn't talk too much because I, I know I, I should probably do this for a living because I can talk all day about this. Um, if I had to give a big shout-out, 300 pounds of sports knowledge, New York Radio Underground, Citywide Sports, and also I would say check out – uh, weight loss coffee, Dollar Coffee Club yes. backslash A N S L E Y. Get you some weight loss coffee for a buck. All right, there you have it. You know, I want to I want to thank Cal and I want to thank Mike. You know, for coming on tonight. I'll be back on here this Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, recapping today's action from Week Number 15 yep. in the NFL season. And as always, much love to 150 pounds of sports knowledge. She knows who she is, and without her, none of, none of this good stuff that you're hearing is possible. And as always, much love right. to my wonderful daughter, Penelope. And like I always say, it's a pleasure to see you grow and grow on a daily basis, as I know that you're going to do some great things in this wonderful world of ours. You can catch me on Twitter at 300 Pounds of Sports. And like I always say, if you follow me, it's my pleasure to follow you right back. And check out the Sports Discussion Group at the Sports Depot 365 on 300 pounds on Facebook. And with that said, I'm William Martin signing off, and have yourselves a good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.